Hey guys, welcome to your next stop. I am so excited for you guys to meet my next guest. Again, another Clubhouse favorite. We met really like probably the third day on Clubhouse. And when she started tugging me through what her business is, I got super excited because it's something I totally need. And I know there's so many women out there that also need it. So welcome, Michelle Petit. So Michelle comes from Switzerland, but you speak, right? You're in Switzerland, but you're, you're, you speak French. I do also. And your last name, is that French? Actually, my grandfather is from France, but we live in Switzerland. So yeah. So when I was saying to Michelle, let me say your name. And I said it like the American way. She's like, no, that's fine. I was like, well, no, let me try to say it like, <laughs> like the way that I want to say it. So Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. So I just want to give a little bit of what Michelle does. She helps talent free females create a cozy, stressed free home, which I love so much because that is like exactly what I need because I am very not talented in the home. And so when we started talking, I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. So why don't you share your quote first with us? And then um, I'll share buying and then we'll get into your story, how you found this amazing uh, career. Okay. So my quote is she believed she could. And so she did. I love that. I love that. That's one of my favorites. So mine is, it's also a short one, which sometimes doesn't happen. Sometimes the guests and I, we have like, you know, one has a short one, one has a long one. So mine is some women fear the fire. Some simply become it. Oh, wow. Isn't that good? That's a good one or two. <laughs> That's a good one too. Welcome to your next stop. This is Juliette Hahn. I am a wife, mom, virtual coach, public speaker, and crazy obsessed dog lover. I am so honored to be able to take you into the life of someone that has followed a passion. Every week, I hope you are as inspired as I am. Welcome to your next stop. Okay, Michelle, so I cannot wait to hear because I know a tiny, tiny bit of your journey, but can you tell us where you started and how you created this business from scratch and how you got this concept and what the steps were to create it. Okay, so we have to go back when I was around six years old. I remember when I was around six years, I got invited to some friends and we should have, you know, have a party and play. And I was super bored and I always wanted to remove furniture around or tell them, oh, let's put that lamp over here. Or can we do this like this or just take this plant and we'd put it over there. And everyone stared at me and was like, something is off with her. And I remember this because I found a little drawing book when my mother passed away some years ago. And there I found the drawings I made when I was like, you know, like, like a kid. Right. Oh, that's so cool. Yes, it is really cool. So when I started my business two years ago, I had a completely different idea. And then with the process I was going through, I remembered this booklet and then I was like on fire and I knew that, okay, this is the path I'm going to take. I just got the chills. I love that you found something from that and it brought you back to your childhood. And then you remember those memories of like you being at your friend's house being like, no, let's rearrange the furniture and then being like, no, thank you. <laughs> so can you share with us like what the first concept was and then kind of, you know, again, how you pivoted into what you're doing now? 
The first idea was I just want to help women to get over separation, over divorce, because I went through this process too. So I thought, I just want to help women. And then I do it, you know, because I, I left with a two and a five-year-old. Everyone was asking me, how do you do that? And I was like, well, I just did it. I didn't know how, but I just did it. Then that was actually the first idea I got. And I was like, okay, let's do that. And then I was you know, diving into it. And it felt good in a way, but in the other way, I was like always coming back to, yes, but then you have to organize your home and you have to organize the kids' rooms and you have to organize the kitchen with whatever you have. And I always had this feeling that I'm going to, you know, that I'm somehow going to pivot into my furniture real estate career, which actually was my corporate job before. Oh, so that's so interesting. So you kind of kept going back to that. So So you left your husband when you had two young kids and that is courageous. Like a lot of people don't do that. And so, uh, you know, they, they get stuck. They're like, you know what, this is just how it is. And I made this life and I'm just going to stay in it. So first, obviously it shows that you take initiative, right? You see something, you're like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And again, there are people like that around, but there's also people that don't because they just don't know what to do. And they're, they don't like, they don't like the unknown. So obviously you're gifted with that. So did you create that business to help women with divorce? Did you start that and have some clients and then just knew that, you know what, this wasn't the avenue I wanted to, and then you pivoted into the home? So I started two years ago and I remember the first webinar I held and I was super stressed out and I was trying to to do a meditation with these ladies who were on the webinar and the feedback was great, but I didn't felt aligned. I was like acting And I was like, I just have to keep going and I have to try. And what I learned in the past years, it's like, you don't have to do it. Work has not to be hard. It has to flow. And once you are in the flow, then it's just going to fall in place. And when I stopped this first webinar, I was like, "Mm, I don't know if this is the really the real good path I'm going. And I got the feedback from a lot of women that they were asking me, yes, beside that, could you help us to create a nice kids rooms? And there I just knew, okay, I just have to go back where, where I'm coming from. Which is great. So you touched on it quickly that in your, when, when you worked in the corporate world, so you were in real estate, is that what you did? You sold homes and you did that in, in Switzerland? Yes, I did it in Switzerland. And after quitting this segment, I went into furniture business. And there actually my my heart went crazy because it was just like interior design. And, and I worked for Scandinavian brands. And this was just a place I thought, first of all, I'm going to stay until I can't walk anymore. <laughs> but it's, it wasn't the case. It wasn't the case neither. <laughs> it wasn't the plan, right? So that wasn't the plan. But it's funny because my mom loved Scandinavian design. So as a child, we had a lot of Scandinavian design furniture, which I love. And I still have like very close to my heart because I always remember she would say it and it like stuck. I am not someone that decorates. <laughs> I am not good at it. And even if there's times where I'm like, oh, that looks good over there. And it literally like, you know, someone will come over and be like, what now? Why would you think that would look good there? Like, I literally do not have that eye. You know, some people have the eye, some people don't. So can you give us a couple of like, what are your top three tips on before a client? Like when they come to you and they say, okay, I want to work with us. You know, what is your grab? Like, what what can you offer them? The main thing which I can see is that a lot of women, they stuck in these kind of it has to look like these kind of Pinterest pictures. They have tons of Pinterest pictures on their phone and they are comparing themselves, which actually is nice, but it's not the reality. The reality, the life happens at home and it's 
unlikely from the pictures which we have in our phones. So it's nice to have, but it's not the guide which you should follow. Get some tips, get some ideas, but normally I would say nine out of 10, it's not the reality. Right. It's not realistic to do it that way. It's not realistic to do it. And then the second tip I would say don't place for don't place all of your furniture against the walls because we have this idea if we place furniture against the walls we're going to gain some space in the room this might be right but it will not help you to make it feel cozy. That's one of your top tips, like because you are making a home cozy. It's lived in because you have the children and all that stuff, which I love that you just said that. Okay, so what's your third tip to make your home feel cozy and organized? Um, and- a lot of, a lot, well, organized is, is, is a completely different topic, but make it cozy. And what people are really seeking for is that it feels home, right? So what my tip is add some small lamps everywhere you can. I don't have any ceiling light in my room, in my house. I just have small lights all over the place. My hubby goes crazy because when we go to bed, he goes like, where do we switch all these lights off? And, uh, but that's my, my part, but just add some small lights everywhere and you will see this feeling of home and this ambience will completely change the room. One of the things that I always get stuck in is I feel like, like I love antique looks, but then I also love some modern looks. Can you combine that? So like if you have a small lamp that is like maybe a little bit antique can you also put a modern small lamp somewhere else or can you put them close or do they need to be completely separate? Can you give us a little bit of that? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, actually into into style and colors. And that's where also people are struggling or women mostly struggle with because they think it has to have a concept. But a concept is nothing else that when you have a lamp, I'm just going to come up with all this with the same example I'm, I'm using. When you have a pink lamp in one corner and you have a yellow one in the other corner, it will not match, obviously. So what you want to do is like that you're going to take a similar color and you put it into the room. It doesn't have to be the same, same pink, but it has to be, you know, rosé or whatever kind of pink, but just add similar colors to it, to another. So it gives you the feeling of this kind of family. And that's what makes a, a room feel harmonized. That's the thing which a lot of women, when we are going to, I don't know, to a shop, Ikea, and you go like, oh, this is beautiful. I got to take it home. It's a green lamp. And they're just, you know, I just love it. You take it home and you stand in your room and you go like, oh, it doesn't match. Actually, it doesn't match at all because I don't have anything else which is green and it just doesn't match. And that's the point. Make sure that the things which are in the room doesn't matter if it's antique or if it's modern. If they have the same color, at least similar colors, it will match up. That's actually a natural law. So what are some of your favorite items to add pops of color to a room? I play a lot with with cushions because you can change them easily and they are not so expensive. Or you take like um, books are super easy to add some color into a room because you just have like a stack of red books or you take all the green ones and you just pile them up in a corner and it gives you a color and you can change them easily. So it's it's not that you have to... I mean, you can color a wall, but still then you have like one whole wall, which is one color, and then you can't just change it easily. So what I do is really take things which are like curtains or, or as I said, cushions is really pillows. It's easy to change. Stay tuned for a quick message from my sponsor. 
Hi, my name is Shari Hodes, and I'm the president of Aura Limited, a proud all-women-owned brand marketing and global sourcing agency. Simply put, we provide fashion-forward swag for any and all of your branding needs. Please visit us at www.auralimitedspelledout.com. Do you have social media? Because I know I'm like a very visual person. So like as you're talking, I want to be like looking at pictures. Can you kind of give everyone what your social media handles are? So if they're listening to this and they're not driving, if they're listening to it where they can look at their phone, they can kind of see a an example of like some of the, the styles that you are showcasing. Yes, you would probably put it in your show notes, right? Yes, but it's totally. Like Le Petit Studio by Michel Petit. It's a long name. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all right. But can you spell that? Of course, it's it's L E P E T I T Studio by Michelle. It's M I C H E L L E, and then my last name spelled P E T E T. Got it. You have a website that's Michelle Pettit, and I'm yes. saying that wrong again, Petites, no. but yes. And so that they can also go that to that dot mm-hmm. com, correct? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I love that. As I'm like, we're talking, I do want to, for my listeners to kind of understand, like you did that first webinar and you're like, you know what, that just doesn't feel right. You gut checked yourself, which I think is so important because I think a lot of times we don't, again, you stay in the same thing, even if you're not loving it and you didn't feel the passion, you had an experience. So that's what you took that experience and you wanted to share and help other women. But then you realized, you know what, I just don't want to go there. I don't love it. And this is what I love. And so you pivoted into what you're doing now. What was the first thing you did to kind of take that pivot? Like, did you go on social media and start telling people that this is what you were doing? Did you create your website? And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I'm just curious of how you decided, okay, this is what I want to do. And I'm jumping all in and and running because you do everything virtual as well, right? You do things obviously in Switzerland, but then you work with uh, people all around the the world. So what I did, I always write things down. I journal a lot every day. And if I have kind of a breakdown or I can see that something is not going in the in the way I, I I hoped it went, it should go, then I write it down and I burn the paper. For me it's like oh, a ritual. That. Yes. Okay. It's, it's actually, you know, because we especially women, we are I don't know, we are blaming us that we didn't got it right in the in the first place. And I just had to forgive myself in a way that I just said like, hey, come on, Michelle, you tried it. At least you can say you tried it out and then you felt it wasn't okay. So just then I wrote everything down and I burned the leather. I wrote a blog post about it and I moved on. Which is so awesome. And I think that's so important. And that's where I think some people get, and, and you know, we're, we're speaking of women, but they get stuck in their situation, but then they also beat themselves up every day. We actually just had a clubhouse room and there was a woman that came on. She's been wanting to do a podcast for over a year. And she said, every time I go to create, like what I want to say, I then I'm like, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. And I was like, why don't you just get on and just start talking and start sharing things? Like she had a very specific idea of what she wanted to do and who she wanted to target. And I was like, every day that you wake up that you have not created this podcast, it's taking up space in your brain. You're beating yourself up because you're like, oh, it's another day that I didn't follow my dream. It's another day that I didn't do what I said I was going to do. So why not? As you said, I love that you write it down and burn it because it's like, okay, it's in the past. You know, other people might just say, okay, I write it down and then just leave it there and read it, you know, another time or someone might not write it down. But writing down, I know for me also is very therapeutic, but I think it's so important for us to say, okay, we tried this. It wasn't successful because that is one thing that I teach all the time. And I'm starting a virtual workshop 
workshop that is going to be teaching this. Like we learn from our failures. And if you don't fail, you're really not living life. That means that you're not taking enough chances because if you're just living that life that is just kind of straight and you're like, okay, nothing really happens. For me, I don't want to live that life. I want to have the ups and downs. I want to be on fire at times. That's what I love my quote. And I'm going to read that again. But some women fear the fire. Some simply become it. And it's so true. So I love that you started something because you're like, you know what, I want to do something on my own. I want it. You obviously have that entrepreneurial mind, right? Even when you were six years old, <laughs> you were like, let's do this. So I love that that is what you did. So uh, kudos to you for starting something and then being like, you know what, that wasn't it. Because I'm sure you put a lot of energy in it. You probably put some, you invested in it. And then you were like, no, I can't do this. And so I love that. And I love that you did it kind of right away. I mean, I think there is something also to say, if you guys are listening and you're thinking, well, I'm not really happy at it, but I've only tried it twice. Sometimes people need to try it a little bit more times to then be like, okay, no. But then others know, they know themselves. I love that you figured that out and then found what your passion is and then went all in. And you know what? The thing is, what we are fearing the most actually is because we're getting judged and we're getting judged anyway. If I wouldn't have done it in my past, I would have get judged for, oh, you never do that because you are always talking about it. And then you do it. Then you get judged. Oh, you shouldn't have done that because it sounded so weird, whatever. So I just said like, come on, fuck it. It's just, I just tried it and I get judged in one way or another. I don't care. Right. And that's what I love. And that's what I think women need to realize. It doesn't matter who cares what someone else thinks. You have to do you and you have to be proud and happy. I read somewhere actually online today, someone wrote, there's two people that you have to be proud of you, your eight-year-old self and your 80-year-old self. And I was like, that's very cool. Cause that is true. Like you want to make that little eight-year-old proud, but then you also want to be proud of what you've done when you're 80. And if you're have... If, and if you have ideas yeah, and absolutely. you're just sitting on them and not doing anything about it, what kind of life is that? And, you know, some people financially might not be able to start things, but you can start things a little amount of money. It really, really can happen. People do it all the time. Yeah, and so many things are just free. I mean, social media is free. You just can start out. A hundred percent. And there's like so many applications. Yeah. And it's not that, you know, it's not going to cost you a fortune to, to start a podcast, as you know that. Really, it's not so expensive. And you can start with a blog, as easy as that. And that's the thing. Everyone thinks, you know, some people are like, no one wants to hear what I have to share. You could help someone with your voice and what you're doing. Anyone can. And that's something that like people need to really embrace. Your voice can change someone's life. Absolutely. You just don't know it because you're not stepping out and doing it. So I love that you're changing people's lives because when your home is organized, cozy, I keep saying organized because mine is so disorganized. <laughs> <laughs> as I'm looking at my desk with my papers around, but that's the way my brain works and I'm actually okay with it. But, you know, having a cozy lived in house that has style is a really good feeling. You know, even like it's not something that lights my fire, but I know when my things are together and I walk in my house and I'm like, oh, all right, you know, that feels good. That feels cozy. So I love what you're doing. Do you have any like little stories or any like little wins that you can share with us? Of, you know, maybe one of your like first clients or a client that you've just worked with. Um, yeah, there are many stories, but one in particular is one lady who told me, could you just come over? We just want to redo our bedroom. So I went there and I arrived at their home. Obviously, we did their bedroom. You know, my eye always went to the living room and uh, and we were sitting there and um, we are talking about what kind of bed they want and what kind of colors they want to put on the walls. And I was always turning my head around. I was like, 
well, why don't they just turn their couch? Because it looks not really nice, but it's not looks, it wasn't looking inviting. And then I was like, can we just try something out? And she was like, yeah, sure. So I was turning their couch 180 degrees. And she was like, we had an interior designer here. And they said, we should put, we should put it like this. I said, yeah, maybe that's right. But don't you feel that it's way better now? And she was like, oh my God, they paid, I don't know how many thousands of dollars for this interior designer. And I don't want to blame anyone, but you don't have the guarantee that if you hire an interior designer that it matches your needs you know what i mean it's like sometimes designers they are really having nice ideas for themselves but they implementing their personal ideas into your home and that's what actually what i'm often solving so they were surprised i was just just like just turn it around and you will see a huge difference and um, she recently made a post about it and I had to laugh because she was like, finally, our living room is our living room. And it's not just like a stage where we can show off with our brand new couch. That was one of the stories. I but, love that. <laughs> yes. But yeah, there- but no, that must have made you feel good because it was a very simple thing. Yes. It was a very simple thing. And so that's very cool that you could do that. Yeah. It was cool. It was cool. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I mean, it has to feel great to just have, you know, know that you're changing people's lives. Even if it's a little way to them, it's big, right? To you, it might be like, oh, it's just you add here and there. But you know that when they walk into their house or they wake up in the morning, it feels good. So Michelle, I just wanted to say thank you for coming on your next stop and sharing your story. So what I'm doing is asking every guest, because I'm sure you you realize I've changed the name. It's Next Stop Crazy Town. This was the Love What You Do series, but I've now changed and picked pivoted my podcast into this. And so now the name is your next stop. And so what I ask all my guests at the end is what does crazy town mean to you in one (laughs) sentence? (laughs) Crazy town. Okay. Uh, We don't live there anymore because um, of the pandemic, but crazy town for me was when I went into a concert and I lost my kids. That was crazy town for me because I was going crazy like crazy. (laughs) I couldn't find them. And that was for me, it was one of the, this was really crazy town for me, but we found each other again. So no worries. I hear you. (laughs) All good. I love that. Well, so crazy town to me is energy, family. It's enduring. It's actually, I love crazy town to me. It's like my, my kids, my husband, my dogs, the energy and the noise that it all comes together in our house is crazy town to me. So to me, it's like a very special, safe, wonderful spot. And that's why I'm loving asking all my guests because everyone has a different version of what crazy town means to them. So Michelle, I have to thank you so much for joining us. Guys, if you like what you hear, please share, rate and review this podcast. Don't forget to check us out. Michelle, actually, if you can shout out your social media again, and that uh, this will be in the show notes, guys. But remember, Michelle works virtually. So you guys, can reach out to her and you can get in touch. The Instagram account is Le Petit Studio by Michelle Petit and it's spelled L-E-P-E-T-E-T Studio by Michelle Petit. Petit is spelled P-E-T-I-T. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Have an awesome rest of the week. Thank you. You too. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends and join in each week. 